Def- definitely one of those episodes that absolutely reminds me that it's a kid's show. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty lame, but there there is some stuff in it that I find I laughed, fucking hysterical. I laughed out loud, like very loudly. It all sounds... right, who threw that? that, that... <laughs> all right. <laughs> and the way he gestures, I laughed so loud. That's exactly one of the, the moments. Later, mice. Welcome back to the Laser Comb Podcast, the weekly show where we comb through random episodes of classic TV series with a fine tooth laser. I'm one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. I'm Neo Cal. And this week on the Laser Comb Podcast, we are talking about the 22nd episode overall of the 1994 animated series, The Tick. The Tick. Here we are. <laughs> Here we, we are. did it. Uh, so if you're new to the podcast, how this show works is we uh, pick a show at random or in the case of uh, this particular show, uh, sometimes I put up Twitter polls uh, with four choices and uh, let my Twitter followers decide what we're going to be watching. And uh, this week we came up with the tick. So once we know what show we're going to be watching on any given week, we go to numbergenerator.org. We enter in the total number of episodes and we hit the old generate button and we watch whatever episode the random number generator provides us with. And we ended up with episode 22. Yep. It's just science. Ants in pants, baby. Ants in pants rotundo. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta just, you know, get, get those ants out of your pants. Uh, so, talk about a little bit about the Tick for a moment. The Tick yeah. is a, a show from our childhood. Uh, it ran from 1994 to 1996. It was created by a. It, it's based on a comic book. It was created by a guy named uh, Ben Edlund, who actually was very heavily involved with uh, the production of the show. He wrote wrote or at least co-wrote most of the episodes of this show, and I think this show ran for. How many? 36 episodes in total. So three seasons of 13 episodes. Not bad. Uh, Actually, the third season was only 12 episodes. The first Ah. two seasons were 13 episodes apiece. Not bad. It ran on Fox Kids, as I mentioned. And uh, yeah, I remember the show being on when I was a child. Really loved it. Loved how just delightfully strange it was (laughs) yeah it so there's that weird block of like this is a canadian thing but like teletoon (laughs) um and oftentimes at night they were the weird things right like the head um the the max things like that i feel Mm -hmm. like this is like those but like light it's weird light it's weird for kids (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, unlike um, like there was a wave of very like bizarre, also comic book based shows, like you mentioned, like the Head and the Max, uh, that were MTV productions. So MTV yeah. was kind of the um, uh, in the the mid '90s was kind of the the leader of doing uh, animated comic book adaptations of very weird properties. Oh yeah, and this is like the the G rated version of that. Exactly. Yeah, like this is the the kid yeah. kid version for sure. And it's got just enough it's got just enough weirdness to it that like if you were like at least somewhat of a strange child, like you're going to connect with this. Yeah. I feel like this show was probably also popular with like uh stoner college kids at the time. Oh, it, it's I wonder what crowds must have really liked this like i liked it as a kid it it was a treat so much tv was bad that whenever the tick was on i was like oh fuck yeah and you didn't need to watch every episode no no like it 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 was it was was good good tv um 
yeah, sometimes like characters will show up, but if you're like, oh, who's this? Who's this? They say the character's name. So okay. it's not like you're missing out on anything. Any yeah. uh, our overarching story. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the the gist of what this show is about is a uh, big, big muscly dude superhero named the Tick. Uh, he wears a blue costume. Although <laughs> I remember uh, what at one time, like someone comments that he uh, like that he's wearing a costume, and he very like jokily creep like creepily says in like a joking kind of way he's like this isn't a costume yeah yeah i remember that and i think with the live act there were two live action um series to follow post 2000s and 2010s yeah there was a there was a uh live action show that ran on fox for only only lasted nine episodes uh in 2001 um uh also called just called the tick it starred yeah. patrick warburton yeah <laughs> as the titular character. Well cast yeah <laughs> uh, the a character in the show deflator mouse uh there is a character similar to that in the live action tick but his name is batman well they call him batman well yeah <laughs> batman well yeah and he is played by uh uh nestor carbonell who funnily funny enough uh like seven years later would go on to star in the or coaster or in the dark knight as the mayor of gotham so right. from Batman well to Batman. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> and uh, immediately, like I remember seeing um uh the Dark Knight in theaters uh with my partner at the time. And uh when we're first introduced to the mayor of Gotham, she like taps my shoulder and she's like, that's is that fucking Batman well? And I'm like, is it? And she's like, it is. It's fucking Batman well in bat a Batman movie. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that she that she recognized him. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. uh she was a big fan of that show too. Yeah, and uh there was a prime live action uh series yep. that came out what five years ago? Six or something like that? Five? 2016, 2017 sounds about right. I think it lasted two seasons. Um I'm big fan of that big fan i know other people were like eh about it but like i really liked it i tried i i couldn't get into it i should go back and give it another um, shot because i think I'll only watch i'd give it the old maximal episodes. try because holy cow does it pick up like four or five episodes onwards absolutely um but yeah i'm a big fan of that and going back to watch the cartoon it was jarring how much the cartoon is actually for kids. But once I put that aside, like it's it's absolutely for kids. There's there's no highbrow humor in it whatsoever for adults. But that being said, there were a couple times in this episode where I laughed very loudly. <laughs> Same. Uh, I, I believe I mentioned on last week's episode that I went um, back when the first season of the show came out on DVD back in 2006. So I was 21 at the time. Uh, I went and picked it up and uh, watched through it. And still, even in my early 20s, still thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but to get back to, like, overall what the show oh, right. is about. Um, yeah. The the show is about this uh, big, muscly dude in a blue suit uh, named The Tick, titular character, uh, who, I think in the first episode, if I recall correctly, he there is like a raffle basically a raffle of superheroes that where they it decides basically what city they're uh, they go to to protect he's assigned to the city you're right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i remember too in the first episode he even takes a greyhound to the city he absolutely does <laughs> and i believe the, a bus there. <laughs> i believe the city in this uh in the tick is just called the city yep so uh <laughs> yeah he becomes champion of the city uh he ends up uh palling up with uh, a dude named uh arthur who wears he's a, just a dude he's just a dude he's an accountant i believe yeah is his job day job and he he wears a moth suit that it does actually explain in the show how he got the moth suit yeah um even in the cartoon i i so it must in the live action shows at some point yeah it, it does um but yeah, the, I guess the the vibe of it is that the tick 
is very dumb, but very pure, like very good, like uncorruptible. But um, his thing is he's indestructible. Yeah. Yeah. You watch throughout the cartoon. He can survive in space. He can be crushed. He can be dipped in lava. His he's just this big, dumb, muscly dude that that fights for justice. Yeah, so the the show uh, deals with uh, the Tick and Arthur uh, going out on, uh, as the Tick always calls them, patrols. Yeah, to, just to look for crime to fight, uh, and that's that's basically it. The show has a very simple premise. Yeah, um, I remember even uh, when I was a child, uh, even being like nine, ten years old, finding the notion, and like you see this in the intro, and it's from one of the early episodes where straight up an alarm clock goes off at like 6 30 6 or 6 30 in the morning and arthur and the tick have to get up so they can go on patrol and even as like roommates by the way yeah they are roommates yeah uh and like even as like a nine or ten year old child like the notion of like superheroes waking up to an alarm so they could go out and fight crime was just (laughs) absolutely hysterical to me it's it's funny to me now um it was funny to me it was funny to me even then especially yeah, like because like... arthur like wait like the tick is all ha ha and arthur wakes up is and immediately is like uh morning patrol and he's like lunging over to like the coffee machine yeah <laughs> yeah the the tick is it doesn't really talk about it doesn't explain anything and it doesn't need to doesn't explain what entity the tick is no or right and uh i enjoy that (laughs) i enjoy that a lot and um one of the the themes throughout every episode is that all of the heroes are completely incompetent in the city except for uh i think her name is american maid american maid who takes her job very seriously and she's pretty capable and she seems to be the only one who is capable uh, so the the supporting the main supporting cast is uh, American Made, and I can't remember if she was American Made in this show or if she was in the live action show. In this, they're, but they're basically the same character because yeah. there there is a character very similar to her, just like with Deflator Mouse and Batman. Well, yeah, there's a similar character to to American Made in the 2001 mm. live action show as well. Uh, but yeah, American Maid out of all of them is the most intelligent and most capable, takes it the most seriously. And uh, rounding out the the main cast is, as I mentioned, Deflator Mouse, who is kind of cowardly, very much looks at looks at this as like a job that he doesn't want to do. He wants the perks, but he doesn't want to do the difficult things. Yeah, uh, yeah. he's probably the most cowardly. Uh, he pretends to faint often. Um, sometimes the carrot cast will just turn around and go to talk to him and he's just not there uh just repeated stuff like that d- despite the fact he's clearly spent a lot of time making his realistic bat <laughs> outfit yeah uh well and uh, uh he's yeah, just a de- rich dude deflator mouse <laughs> even means the bat yeah the, the bat yeah uh, it's a uh, german german yeah it's also yeah. a name of a uh famous uh german play i believe oh an, an opera or something a, like an that. opera yeah, or something like yeah. That. yeah yeah deflator mouse um deflator mouse interestingly enough is voiced by a uh, legendary voice actor cam clark mm. who oh, yeah, uh, it's obvious in hindsight yeah who uh uh fans of this show and fans of me and cal and the other shows that we do uh will know that we reference metal gear a lot <laughs> cam clark what? Cam Clark was the uh, would later not too long after this actually just a few years uh, would go on to become the voice of Liquid Snake. Liquid, (laughs) yeah, in the the first game and then cameo appearances in uh, uh, later games in the series. Because spoilers for a uh, nearly twenty five year old game, but uh, yeah, Liquid dies at the end of that. But don't Fox. worry. Fox Somebody saves dying. his hand, <laughs> his arm. <laughs> yeah. The, what that, a strange series, man. What uh, a batshit fucking crazy series. That that gets semi retconned in MGS4. Right. Uh, it, 
it's all nano machines. Right, so it is actually yeah. Liquid's arm. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Liquid dies at the end of MGS1. Also in MGS1, uh, another villain, uh, his right-hand man, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, gets his hand cut off. And you find out in Metal Gear Solid 2 that Revolver Ocelot now has a hand again because they grafted Liquid's arm onto him for some reason. But then in that game, it makes it seem like the ghost of Liquid Snake is possessing Revolver Ocelot, and they're, like, vying for control. Yeah. And then in Metal Gear Solid 4, they reveal that, yes, he did use Liquid's arm to uh, to replace the one that he had lost, but, like, he wasn't actually possessed by ghosts or anything. It was nanomachines and, like, a combination of, of like, drugs and psychotherapy to, like and hypnotherapy to like make him think that he was liquid snake because reasons how can you like metal gear solid and not like anime i'm just saying <laughs> that's the most anime bullshit i've ever heard but yeah um liquid snake is deflator mouse yep yeah um and yeah every episode is deals with like the extremely bizarre mixed with the very mundane yeah there's even a line from the tick in this episode where he even says uh the joys of the mundane yep ah the joys of the mundane it's simple pleasures like this that differentiate heroes from villains arthur something (laughs) like that. that that seems like a good time to segue into actually talking about the episode yeah all right, so... Uh, but there's an alarm, and I, I find it funny. It can be an alarm for anything. It just sounds like a fire alarm. And immediately, yeah. the tick just grabs Arthur and jumps off of the building. And I'm like, man, the damage that the tick does to the infrastructure of the city? There's no <laughs> way that <laughs> that they would keep this guy in the city. Yeah, and he, indeed... Uh, Arthur's wings are wet, so he can't actually, like, fly. Yeah. So they just crash to the ground. Yeah, but he's holding, uh, Tick's holding him. So he just like, the Tick gets half buried into uh, the concrete. And I like the line, like the Tick is like, Arthur, old chum, can you wiggle your toes? And he's like, yes. And he's like, great, let's go. Great, let's go. Because yeah, he's like, oh, I, I hurt my spine. Yeah, so you're not paralyzed, we're good. And he just runs off carrying Arthur. (laughs) Yeah. Very, uh, you got to admire the tick's plucky enthusiasm. I I really love that. And um, anybody that hasn't and and has Prime, absolutely. If you you like the tick cartoon, absolutely go check out the the tick. The, The actor nails the unrelenting, like positive enthusiasm to, to the point where it's, it's so humorous and I find it humorous in here, even when he's being um, like insulted or degraded or whatever, he's, he doesn't waver <laughs> ever. Yeah. What do they do? Uh, they, they like run to a jewelry store. Yeah. So they run to a jewelry store that's been uh, robbed and the tick is like, Oh, did they, did they take uh, jewels? And the guy working no. there is like, no, <laughs> uh, did they take money? They must've taken money. No, they didn't take money. Oh, well, uh, that he says something else. Then and what did they take? And what? I don't understand. Like, I'm stumped. <laughs> what did they take? And the guy says, oh, they took the glass. Yeah, like out of the... Uh, out of the windows, yeah. Uh, yeah. They took all the windows. So right away, I'm like, what's going on here? What, what could possibly anyone use for glass? And they, they certainly use it for something. <laughs> So what happens here? Um, they so intercept the, another crime as it's the, happening. The the tick spots someone uh, in a, uh, a seemingly a woman uh, in a trench coat and a big Carmen San Diego hat. Yeah, I'm actually getting like pretty Carmen San Diego vibes. Yeah, a lot. Uh, the big car- hat. Carrying a big window pane, and he runs and chases her down and tries to stop her. And then she says in this like kind of modulated voice. Barbara, can I get some help here? Yeah, and I, I love it. Um, the tick replies, well, my name's not Barbara, but as I was saying to Arthur back there, 
<laughs> the problem with evil is, and in the background, there's another um, like Carmen San Diego like figure who it was, must have super strength. It's just Carmen San Diego for from now on. Yeah. Um, has super strength and throws what is it? A garbage truck, Adam? Uh, uh, a dump truck, garbage truck, or a dump truck? Anyway, big, big like, ass truck, big ass truck. Yeah, uh, throws it and crushes him. It, it, yeah, it crushes him, and the tick like pushes it off of him, and he very hilariously is like, "All right, who threw that?" And the, <laughs> the way it's animated, he just tosses it off him, and he goes, "All right, who threw that?" Like it's just like, I don't know why. It, it, I I laughed very very loudly at that part. So did I. I fuck. I I, I don't know what it is. It's <laughs> just something about the delivery and like the 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 matter of factness of it. Like yeah, the matter just, of uh, and just how innocent the question is too. <laughs> so and so it, he he follows uh, one of the Carmen San Diego's into an alley, and uh, you're gonna be in big trouble, Barbara. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and he's like, "Oh, you you have something like something something's on your eye," and he goes to like, uh, like touch it, and the eyes just like fall out, and then like an ant ants start crawling onto the tick, and the yeah. tick fucking loses his shit, loses his very mind. <laughs> very hilariously, he just starts screaming bloody murder. He's like, "Ah, ah." And, starts and he starts away. repeating ants in pants. Ah! It, 10 out of 10. He just, not only does he run down the street, he reaches, there's a sign. I missed it the first time I watched it. A sign that says city limits. And he runs past that. He runs past like some oil rigs. And screaming bloody murder. Across the countryside. He just yeah. like disappears. <laughs> so the, um, the, this episode structured in a way <laughs> like there's going to be ants no matter where you run dude but anyways um it's structured in a way where earlier we kind of cut to the tick talking to a therapist and then it showed the rest of the scene happen and now we're presumably in in the present again with the tick talking to um captain sanity yeah captain I <laughs> sanity yeah, and his superhero sanitarium. There we go. Ugh. Yeah. And he's just a head in a jar. He's a head in a jar. And he's like, oh, so Mr. The Tick, why, <laughs> what brought you to uh, to my sanitarium? And Tick's like, I had a coupon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, um, what was that like app? Groupon. Do you remember Groupon was like the hottest shit for like two years? It's still around. Is it anybody yeah. anybody still use Groupon? I haven't yeah. heard about it in like five years. Yeah, um Optics International, which is where I usually like to get my uh my my glasses and frames from, uh they have an ongoing groupon where it's like, mm. oh, pay twenty dollars for two hundred dollars off your next uh frames, plus also get a bonus pair free. They've been doing that shit for like nearly a decade now. Okay, to promote themselves too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've utilized that a couple of times. In fact, I should do that soon. Once again. <laughs> get some um get some glasses, but get them uh Morpheus eyesed. Get some shades like the ones that I'm wearing right now, except but, but prescription. prescription. Yeah. <laughs> now you're now you're talking. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do have a pair of uh, prescription aviators that I've been wearing mm -hmm. uh, for, uh, I think I got them about six years ago now. Yeah, but it's Morpheus time now. Morpheus time now. Yeah. New Matrix movie coming out soon. Absolutely. And uh, where, <laughs> where, where were we? Oh, he's talking to the therapist head. And um, I like this. He's like, he starts asking him questions. And he's like, hey, that's personal or something like that. Yeah. And um, there's a funny part here, too. What does he say? He's like, 
yeah, what does my mother have to do with any of this? And the therapist is like, well, we don't know that yet, do we? Just relax. I am a professional. And the tick is like, you're just some head in a water cooler. Yeah, you're just some head in a uh, like water uh, a water cooler. And then the, the therapist is like, now, now, we're not here to talk about my struggles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, now oh. you're getting defensive. <laughs> Yeah, now you're getting defensive. And then he... Um, I love this. He's like, what the heck even happened to you, man? <laughs> like, there's no filter. And he, he's he's like nine feet tall. Like, he's gigantic, right? So he can only a half fit on the therapist couch. And he reaches across the room with one of his gigantic arms and just, like, so casual. Like, what the heck happened to you, man? And I... I don't know why, just the delivery and the writing of the show kills me. Uh, it's pretty great. The um, uh, the the float, uh, Captain Sanity. What was that? Was his name? Captain Sanity. Yeah. Captain Sanity brings in his assistant, uh, oh, a dude God. named Taft, and it becomes a recurring joke in this episode that he's basically Shaft. Yeah. And I'm like. Was that shit even relevant in the 90s? <laughs> no. 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 Kids probably knew the sound bite, right? Like the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Shaft. But other than that, whatever. And what happens? Oh, because the tech has gone to the old sanitarium, Arthur teams up with American Maid. Yeah. I can't remember for the life of me why she drives a big van with a croissant on the top. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't remember. Either. I was going to try and speculate, but I'm like, nah, no, I'm not there. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, and they run across more Carmen Sandiego stealing play, uh, panes of glass. An American maid mentions that she uh, she told Deflator Mouse to recruit as many heroes as possible. And so he shows up with, uh, I can't remember what his name is, but he's this dude with like a spiky purple helmet. Sewer urchin. Sewer urchin? Sewer urchin. Sewer urchin. And uh, like. Deflator deflator mouse, uh, sewer urchin, and a kid. Aqua boy. Aqua boy. Fish boy. Fish boy. And he's uh, just a kid with he's green just a, skin. With, with green skin uh, sitting in a kiddie pool. Wearing like uh, d- dish gloves. <laughs> and what happened? Um, Deflator Mouse is babysitting him because reasons? <laughs> I don't know. No, no. Um, uh, so American Maid told uh, Deflator Mouse to go out and recruit as many heroes as possible. And when they show up, she's like, she's like, is this it? And he was like, hey, this is all I could come up with on such short notice. And she's like, oh, what's what's Fishboy's deal? And he's like, well, we had he has a cold. So we promised his mother we would keep him in water. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember what it is, but like Fishboy would like a, a shortly after is like hey you told my mom blah blah when he the asked tick for would something. be here oh that the tick would be here right hey you promised me that the tick would be he just wants to see the tick he, he just wants to see the tick and he's like hey uh you promised my mom the tick would be here and uh, deflator mouse like leans down and says to him he's like i promised your mom a lot of things kid <laughs> that's the other that's another time where watching it by myself, I just laughed out loud. I was like, <laughs> the writers had so much fun and so much freedom with the show. I I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I promise your mom a lot of things, kid. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know what? I take it back that this that, is only written for kids. <laughs> that, that That's some drunk stepdad vibes right there. Yeah. <laughs> And oh Jesus, <laughs> and um, uh, drunk stepdad vibes. And when we <laughs> got back to the tick, getting therapy from Taft. Yeah, Taft puts on a, a big realistic ant costume and starts wrestling the tick. 
we get it like a whole bunch of like shot like every time like we we see him and taft interact uh going forward um like we we just see like uh taft like dive onto him trying to go for a pin D- like diving time. onto him to going for a pen and he's in an ant costume and a banana costume a banana costume he's dressed like an old lady in one and he's like you must be afraid of your aunt <laughs> because there's a correlation between ants and his auntie yeah. and it's that's that's the gimmick going on there yeah that's the the and, and none of it's there. working <laughs> surprise surprise in fact um captain sanity at one point it's when he's re- wrestling uh, Taft is dressed as a giant ant. He's flicking the lights on and off as like Taft is coming towards him, like clacking his ant <laughs> like claws, and he's screaming and he's like, There, there, is this helping? Is this working? Are you less scared? <laughs> I hate this guy. <laughs> At one point, Cap, we're we're like jumping all over the place now, yeah, but yeah. like whatever. Um, there's this one point where uh 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 captain sanity is like trying to is like hypnotizing uh yeah the tick and he's like oh you're getting very sleepy you're getting very sleepy and uh the tick is just like i'm getting very sleepy i'm getting very sleepy or whatever he's repeating back to him he's like and i'm going to snap my fingers and you're going to wake up and be out of it and so he does that he's like now what tell me how like how, how do you feel? What do you remember? And the tick's like, well, I remember you trying to hypnotize me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, this is this is great. There, there's some cuts in between um, all of these other scenes as they're happening, and American Maid, Deflator Mouse, and Arthur tracking down where the ants are coming from by following the Carmen San Diego clones. Yeah. Um, and what is it? Oh, the police chief, right. The police chief keeps trying to bug the mayor. And the mayor is such a chill guy about like, um, we need to come down and like arrest these ants. My my boy, my boys at the precinct are working on ant-sized handcuffs. (laughs) Yeah. And the mayor just like kind of looks at him and he's like, and then it just cuts to, (laughs) cuts to another scene. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's a, another bit where like uh, the the mayor gets a uh, gets a, a phone call on his red phone. Which... Oh, at the end to yeah, yeah that that's when uh, shoot what is that for? I can't remember, but he's got like a he's got like a, a Batman it reminds me phone. of the bat. Yeah, I was gonna say it reminds <laughs> me of the bat phone from the '60s Batman. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised it didn't make the same sound effect. Honestly. Mm. Uh, yeah, he gets a call from like the National Guard and uh, about like wanting to uh, deal with this ant problem by uh, just with like ballistic missile strikes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So basically, like, what the ants are doing with the the ants are building a giant ant hill, like as high as they possibly can. And what they're doing with uh, like all of this glass is they're, they're making a giant magnifying glass. They're melting it all down to make. Yeah. They're making a giant magnifying glass. And this is um, uh, the reveal of this is preceded by deflator mouse, making a comment about how he used to like burn ants (laughs) with a magnifying glass. And so, and then when, and when they see the the giant magnifying glass, he's like, uh, no, this is before they see it. They're like, you don't think this is some plot of revenge, do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what there, there's a C plot going on. The, the C plot is doc, a Dr. Strange love. It's obviously supposed to be Dr. Strange love, like mad scientist goes to the mayor and tries to convince him that he's going to make a giant nougat chocolate bar right it's this like Ger- the german scientist yeah it's very yeah it's very dr strange love yeah <laughs> to lure the ants and the mayor's like well what happens when the ants eat all of the nougat 
we don't know, but we already made it. <laughs> it was in the city's budget. <laughs> he even mentions he's like he's like uh uh like I think you'll find like if you uh if you look at the city's budget like the the the, the making of this uh, is well within yeah spending limits or yeah something along those lines poor mayor like what he has to deal with yeah and so the the ants are like superheating the city with the this magnifying glass yeah and... it's revealed that the queen is the sentient one and can speak english because she addresses the city and says that they're gonna burn it down yeah Do you remember that she like goes to a microphone and somehow it's connected to all the speakers in the city <laughs> somehow yeah yeah and, when you're uh, a kid you you don't know how sound works and the uh the the mayor uh ends up calling uh, uh i can't remember exactly how it goes down but like they once they, they get, feel like they've exhausted all desperate. of their option they're they're desperate uh i think like the chief of police or something like recommends to the mayor he's, he's like, like what about calling the tick i love we're gonna have to call the tick yeah i love that their last resort absolute last resort they're gonna get nuked by the army <laughs> the city's heating up in fact um i think they're in like tank tops and their underwear yeah yeah just <laughs> sweating just sweating yeah, because the profusely. magnifying glass is like spinning like a lighthouse and lighting the city up um so yep last last resort they call the tech yeah, they call the tick. Uh, they they call the tick literally at uh, uh, Captain Sanity's uh, whatever sanatorium, and like the superhero the, sanatorium, superhero yeah. sanatorium, <laughs> and they get uh, Captain Sanity on the phone, and uh, they're like, "Oh, we need to talk to the tick," and he, he ba like tries to like stonewall them, being yeah. like, "Oh, we're like in the middle of a session here." He he's and, very sensitive right now, and. Uh, they insist, so he he puts the tick. He, he's like, oh, all right. So he puts the tick on the phone, and then the the tick is like, what? The city in danger? I must go. And Captain Sanity is like, well, what about your fear of ants? There's going to be ants out there. <laughs> There's no time to think about that now. And then past episodes explain it better. He yells, no time to think about that. Spoon, and he charges. <laughs> Presumably just smashes through the wall and leaves. Um, he yells spoon, which is his much battle too, cry. His battle cry. He tries to get Arthur to say it too. Arthur, I think he comes around at the end of one of the seasons <laughs> and ends up saying it begrudgingly. But yeah. Yeah. Uh there was an episode where they were trying to decide on a catchphrase or like a, a battle cry. And Arthur wasn't coming up with anything, and they were making tea or drinking coffee, and the tick just happened to be holding a spoon. So <laughs> that's what kind of show this is. Yeah, and he starts like, if I recall correctly, he starts like talking up like how magnificent the spoon is, and like how mighty its shape and perfect its shape is, and like how the useful it, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then uh, we get uh, like a little. Like the ticks soundtrack as he's like leaping across the city on rooftops. And again, then he yells spoon. <laughs> yells spoon again, again. He's destroying the rooftops. <laughs> yeah, causing just mass carnage. I love the when he, like you said, he says yell spoon again. There's like an echo effect as he's just screaming it into the sky. Yeah. So weird. And oh, completely missed this part. The ants tricked the, the superheroes, American Maid, Arthur, Deflator Mouse, Sewer Urchin, and Fish Boy. <laughs> Fish Boy, um, yeah. Into we'll a human um ant tank thing. You know those flat planes? Ant where... farm. Ant, ant farm. farm. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got there. Um, and uh, they're inside and they're just like slowly being cooked and they have to like navigate this dumb maze and, and they do for a while before they give up. <laughs> and yeah, they're kind of just helpless. Yeah. And oh, Arthur it. snaps at Sewer Urchin. <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, Sewer Urchin is like, mm, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, we're definitely yeah. doomed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're, we're all yeah. going to die. Definitely. 
And Arthur's yeah. like, will you stop saying that word? There's no point in it. Why do you keep saying definitely? Not everything is definitive. <laughs> God, this is like the precursor to like literally how much literally has become. Kind of, uh, yeah, because it, it's yeah. a nonsense word for sewer urchin. He just says it in between his sentences. Yeah, and it's like literally has become a uh, a word that is just overused by people nowadays. I hate that Not literally has literally the opposite meaning as well. <laughs> yeah. That's weird to me. Yeah. Not everything is literal, guys. <laughs> I Not actually, everything is literal. I actually find, uh, and I don't do bother with this anymore, but when, uh, maybe like 10 years ago, when literally it started becoming a thing that everyone was, oh, like a word that everyone was overusing. Yeah. I started pointing out like the logical fallacy in their statements. Of course. And no one would ever get it. Like someone was saying to me once, like, uh, they were talking about like uh like killing like a big spider with bug spray and like they're and they said i literally nailed it with the can of bug spray and i'm like i'm like so you you grabbed a nail and then you uh used the can of bug spray to hammer it, it in to hammer it in and they're like what i'm like you you said you you literally nailed that spider with the can of bug spray and they're like yeah I, I i literally nailed it and i'm like so what you're saying is you hit the head of the nail of a nail into this spider with the can of bug spray they're like what are you talking about and i'm like fuck all y'all <laughs> i'm like nothing forget it there's a 20 year old mad tv sketch um where there's two people and these are recurring characters on mad tv uh right i loved loved it when it was on tv uh it teetered out and got less and less funny but but whatever um, that's why it's not around anymore yep <laughs> and uh but you know young me liked it more than snl i understood mad tv's stupid humor better than saturday night live mm -hmm. and um there's a there's a sketch where there's two adults, there's a guy and a girl, and they're at a baseball game. And they're watching all the, it's kids baseball game, and they're watching all of the kids and they're like eating popcorn and stuff. And they're like, oh my God, like if we watch another strikeout, I'm literally going to die. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> literally going to die. And then it cuts to the guy and he's like, these are like literally like the worst kids, like worst baseball players I've literally ever seen. And the whole skit is these people absolutely overusing literally. Yeah. So people in the 90s started to realize that this word was being used for emphasis rather than its literal de definition. Yeah. Um, and somebody like freaks out at them in the sketch. And it's just like, um, excuse me, like we're trying to watch our children, like just play like a, a, a game for fun. Can you literally shut up? Can you literally shut up? And they're like, <laughs> wow, okay. Like literally up my ass about it. Fine. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, eventually the skit ends with um, one of the parents being like, okay, well, which one of them is your kids? And they're like, oh, ew, no, we would never have kids. Yeah, that's like literally the grossest thing ever. So they're just, they're just there fucking <laughs> there to shit talk a bunch of kids and they, their kid isn't even playing. And so I was 13, 12-ish when I had seen that. And I got a glimpse into that word changing definition. It no longer was about something that meant exactly what you were saying. It was a word for emphasis. And they, I, I guess it pissed other people off too, because there was a whole sketch about it. They, um, they saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. With that one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should start just saying definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> We're in trouble. We're cooked. Definitely. Yeah, this is the the show is uh 
this episode is definitely over now. Yeah, it's definitely over. Well, definitely over. <laughs> definitely over. Well, I don't even remember what happens. What does the tick do? He he breaks he fight, the magnifying glass. He fights the the queen ant. Oh, she turns into a giant ant by amassing all of the ants. Right. Yeah. Betty, queen of the ants. Betty. Right. <laughs> Uh, he turns into a giant ant. Yeah, and the the tick fights. I don't know. Tick they they wins. fight throughout the and the tick wins. They they fight. The tick wins. The day is saved. He ends up swimming through. They they fight in the city and they're trashing stuff. He ends up swimming through them rather than trying to squish all the ants. And then he bursts out of like the ocean of ants and he's like ha ha. And he holds up a single ant. And the idea that. He knew which exact exact ant to look for in the ocean of millions of ants is fucking stupid and ludicrous to me. But he captured the queen who was like commanding them all. So the, the problem's gone once he they um imprisoned <laughs> the queen. And I'm like, wait those a second. Those tiny handcuffs coming in handy finally. Yeah, finally. It paid off. And um, yeah, they arrest Betty, Queen of Ants. Oh, and what's the resolution here? They're like, oh. Uh, Arthur's like, oh, and the rest of the superheroes. They're like, I just did air quotes for anybody listening. Um, So you you got over your phobia of ants. (laughs) It turns out, Arthur, that I never had a fear of ants. I just thought, like, you know, ants coming out of pants was really creepy. Yep. He was never okay. afraid of ants. Problem solved then, I guess. <laughs> Problem solved. I don't know what lesson there is to take out of that. I I don't know either. But uh... At the very end, he says, and really, isn't sanity just kind of a one-trick pony? I mean, all you get is one trick. <laughs> yeah, all right. you only get one trick, rational thinking. But when you're good and crazy, oh, the sky's the limit. Such a dumb show. I don't know karate, but I know crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's how. Uh, that's how the that's the tick, everyone. Yeah, that's the tick. So that was episode twenty-two of the tick. Uh, Cal, closing thoughts. More for kids than I had remembered, like I said, but funnier, really way funnier than I, than it had any right being. I I feel like I enjoy it a lot. I I feel like watching this show as a kid, like I would have gotten more wrapped up in the plot and what was happening. Whereas watching it as an adult, like I'm fine appreciating more subtleties in the humor, much more than the actual like series of events. You nailed it. Yeah. As a kid, you, you like really care about what stupid, like little funny plots and you laugh at the ants and you want to see him ride the giant ant and fight it. But as an adult, you're noticing all the subtle, ridiculous humor and uh, it's well written, the, the humor, I would say. All right. Who threw that? <laughs> what the heck happened to you anyway? <laughs> I promised your mom a lot of things, kid. Turns uh, out I was never afraid of ants to begin with. Ah, <laughs> uh, stop it! Stop saying definitely. You definitely this, definitely that. Shut up. <laughs> Not everything is definitive. <laughs> hey, that was uh, that was episode uh, four of uh, the Lasercomb podcast, where we covered episode twenty-two of the Tick. Uh, next week, we will be back. With uh, episode five of the Laser Comb Podcast, uh, we might be having a special guest on that episode. Pretty excited about that. Uh, they chose the show that we're going to be talking about next week. And that show is a little something called Strangers with Candy. I've so, never seen it. I've never seen it either. But when I worked at, I worked at a, a movie uh, a video rental store movie gallery uh, when the Strangers with Candy movie came out. 
And so I remember seeing that DVD cover on the new release wall for the longest time. I had time. thought it was a movie. Yeah, because I saw it, it too. Yeah, there there definitely was a movie. It came out in 2005. Hmm. Um, but it was based on a show that lasted uh, apparently three seasons. Oh, that, damn. Okay. Three seasons of 10 episodes. So 30 episodes in total. All right. We're going to go to random number generator or numbergenerator.org to figure out what episode we're going to watch. And here we go. 17. What episode is that? To love, honor, and pretend. The the synopsis of that episode is Mr. Noblet grows jealous of the special fake bond between Mr. Mr. Jelinek and Coach Wolf as Jerry's control issues threaten her own fake union in a marriage experiment gone awry. That's what we'll be talking about next week, folks. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, so thanks for everyone uh, for listening. Uh, best way to support the show, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. We're starting at the $5 and up tier. You get hours every week of bonus preamble audio for this and all of the shows we do. It's also a $10 tier. And at the $25 tier, you get a t-shirt, you get monthly commentary tracks. You also get to pick a show for us to talk about on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So patreon.com slash lasercomb. Uh, social media, Facebook, facebook.com slash lasercomb, spelled the same way. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, at lasercomb, also spelled the same way. Cal, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at neocal. That's neo underscore K-A-L. All right. Uh, And whatever platform you're listening to this on, give it a like, give it a subscribe, give it a five star rating. Anything helps us out with discoverability. And I already said what we'll be back with next week. So I think that about does it. Uh, I've been one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. I'm NeoCal. And until next week, Spoon! Bye-bye. Take your